It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Hope you had a happy uh, and a merry Christmas, uh, a happy Hanukkah, a happy Kwanzaa, happy Boxing Day, whatever it is that you celebrated. Hope it was a good one. Uh, we are back and uh, joining me via Skype uh, is my friend Michael Leboff. Mike, where were you when the Islanders, uh, or I guess the announcement was made that the Islanders had won the Belmont RFP? I was uh, well. I guess the the big one was was where I was when the uh, the sauces came out and said that that it was it was basically wrapped up and stuff. And I was uh, I was just on my couch and, I, and then I thought about I have an Islander fisherman flag and I thought about you know maybe running down the the halls of my apartment building just kind of I wouldn't make any noise but just like run around with it on and just waving it around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't like you know, cause a scene, but I feel like it's some I needed to celebrate and. Instead, it was just a bunch of like fist pumps to myself around my, my apartment. Um, yeah, I was at work. Good. Yeah, yeah, I, I was at work. It did feel good, but yeah, at first, you, yeah, the sauces uh, started coming out of the woodwork, and you're just like, I mean, yeah, I guess, but yeah, I just want to hear somebody official say something. Um, it's funny you mentioned flags because um, 
and we'll t- we're going to talk way more about about Belmont towards the end of the show. But uh, like you know, we I think everybody has ideas for like what they want to see out there. I, I wrote a whole thing on Lighthouse Hockey about it, and you know, one thing I want to see is like a uh, an Islanders Hall of Fame. I think would be really cool. But I, I want I, I thought about the best thing for it would be right in front would be a statue of John Tavares on a horse with <laughs> with a hockey stick with a flag on it that says yes 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 on it sort of charging into battle you know so yeah so or maybe maybe your fisherman flag maybe that would work pretty well too yeah I, I can't I can't wait to see what how the um the Islanders become like the horse racing team like they're just connected to horse racing I think it's it's gonna be right. great. I, hip, but, hipster jokes to horse racing jokes. Yes, yeah, we're gonna, gonna yeah, we went from the hipsters to the wise guys. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it should be good. But uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. So we'll we'll start with the uh, the games. Now they have a game tonight against Buffalo. They had their three day break. Um, they went into the break uh, at, on a real high. I was at the game. It was uh, a five two victory over Winnipeg. Uh, Matthew, did Barzell. you wear your uh, did you wear your Shifley jersey? I did not. I actually <laughs> offered it to my nephew. My wife's nephew came with us, and uh, he was, he's a Devils fan. And I was like, you can wear my Mark Shifley jersey if you want. But he, he actually opted not to and rooted for the Islanders. Um, but we had a great time. Matthew Barzell had his first ever NHL hat trick. I'm pretty sure I was the only one who kind of understood the the enormity of this historical moment. Because it was me, my wife, my daughter, my nephew, and then my friend <laughs> and, and his wife and their kids. And uh, we had a great time. We had a great They're like commute. shaking you, like Dan, get up. It's okay. <laughs> Stop crying. I'm like, I'm like yelling woo and screaming yeah. and like just going crazy. I'm like, no, we got to hear what he says after the game. I want to hear what he says. Um, <laughs> but it it was pretty wild, and um, we, we had a great time. And uh, it was just what they needed. It was a nice, you know, no offense to the Jets, but those those weekend matinee games are tough, man. And we've seen the Islanders lose a lot of them. And the Jets were definitely in that mode of we definitely don't want to be here and we are not <laughs> ready for this game and it happens. Um, but it was cool. Barzell with the hat trick, um, Lee uh, and Beauvillier with the other goals. And, uh, you know, the, and, and Yaro Halak made 38 saves. I mean, you can't ask for more than that um, other than giving up 40 shots. And uh, so now they're back against Buffalo. Um, you know, an opportunity to take another two points. But, um, you know, they need to – they have some issues going forward. Offense is not one of those issues. We, we've seen that. It's, uh, it's, it clicks. No problem there. Um, defensively, though, there's a problem. Uh, Dennis Seidenberg is in the lineup today. Again, I don't want to talk too much about the game, but he's kind of endemic of this whole thing where they, the goalies haven't been good, but they also give up a lot of shots, and they're not saving a lot of those shots. And, uh, you know, when guys like Seidenberg draw into the lineup, it's still a problem. So, uh, I mean, where are you at going forward with these guys now? You know, what's your feeling? Well, they're they're 40 games into the season now, so they're just about halfway. And, uh, you know, we've seen the best, we've seen the worst, and I don't know, what what are you feeling going Is this going to be – is this going to get fixed? Is there, like, a light at the end of the tunnel, or are they going to have to reach out beyond the the organization and find somebody to bring it? Yeah, I I think that the the one thing the Islanders have, which is a weird – kind of positive to take from a negative is that it's pretty obvious what the problem is <laughs> and it's fixable whereas you know you look at the teams like uh you know montreal or edmonton where they're missing like one or not just one or two things like it's and they're in, in markets where you know it's the catastrophe that that things are going wrong but uh it's it's you can see the problem and and gar snow can 
you know, there are fixes out there. Like these are fixable problems. Whereas like, it's not just a, a huge problem where they have a complete lack of, you know, any talent on the roster and are getting by on, on luck. They're, they're creating chances. They're playing awesome, watchable hockey, I guess is, is, is better than saying awesome. It's, it's always watchable. They, they, they average more total goals per game than any team in the league. I think it's like above seven right now. So wow. the, yeah, it's crazy. And, and, and if you look at like their heat maps and stuff on, on hockey viz and such, um, you see like where all the action is. It's like, it's all in the slot. It's, it's, in, it's in high percentage areas. So the Islanders are, are like kind of the, they're on like just this great path, but there's still like some easy fixable things. It's like, they just have a flat tire. They just got to fix the flat tire to, <laughs> to keep going forward. And they're awesome, you know, Ferrari, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's just, that's a good analogy. actually. <laughs> Uh, the Ferrari to with the with the flat tire and that yeah uh, yeah it's uh, I've seen them called appointment viewing by uh, Dmitry Filipovich and um, uh, Ray Ferraro have said they just love watching them crazy things can happen all the time um, if you look at, I'm glad you brought up hockey viz like if you look up a lot of the the graphs there the Islanders end up in the fun quadrant rather than the good quadrant because they give up so many goals. Uh, it's not fun all the time for us because <laughs> they do give up a lot of goals. Um, and, you know, again, Halak, you know, in fairness, played well against the Jets. I don't, neither of those goals was kind of cheap or, or uh, you know, I guess uh, offensive against them. They were both pretty legit. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they do give up a ton of shots. And uh, you really can't exist that way unless your goalies are going to make a lot of saves. Now, it's kind of funny when you talk about if you're, I'm on Corsica right now, and if you sort of, um, if you filter the stats out by five on five save percentage, Halak is actually 13th in the NHL, which isn't altogether that terrible. Um, but you know his save percentage on the penalty kill is absolutely awful. <laughs> Thomas Grice is below 900 in both realms, and that's just not going to fly. Um, and so. You know, again, you're you're giving up. It's one thing if you're giving up a lot of saves and making those saves, whereas kind of what I think the Leafs have kind of been on. Um, yeah, we've seen guys like that where just goal. I mean, the Canadians are like that where they give up a lot of shots, but Carey Price is always there because he's really good. Um, and the Islanders just don't have a Carey Price. You know, Halak is going to have to be it. Um, and uh, he's done it before. He has, and with and that, that's with that exact guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and that's like I. You know, I I don't want to keep harping on him, but, um, you know, Halak, I, I think, is the guy who's going to have to kind of figure this out. I don't know what happened with Grice. I really don't. He was fine last year. He was totally average last year. Of all the problems the Islanders had, uh, he, he was not one of them. He was okay, you know. Mm-hmm. He made, kind of made it out of that third three-goalie rotation sort of all right. Uh, Halak obviously ended up in the minors, and he wasn't good until, like, the last, I don't know, quarter of the season or so. Uh, so I something's going on with Grice that needs to be rectified, and I don't know if we're going to be able to solve the problem. Um, but before the break, uh, Arthur Staple wrote an article um, sort of looking at some of the outside options to bring in. Now, the, the trade freeze lifts at midnight tonight, so I guess mid, you know early Thursday morning. I don't expect anybody incoming. But uh, you know none of the options are really slam dunks. They're all guys that are kind of like, well, maybe a change of scenery will help them. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if that's going to help. And in the case of the two Red Wings goalies, who might be the most readily available, uh, Peter Morazic and Jimmy Howard, 
I don't know if anybody realizes. I certainly didn't realize this. Those dudes are both making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They're making a lot of money. Jimmy Howard makes over five million dollars a year, and Peter Morazic makes over four. What the hell? <laughs> Who signed these contracts to these guys? I don't. <laughs> the, the venerable I, Ken Holland. I guess so. Yeah, it's weird that like the Red Wings have have good talent on like entry level contracts and cheap contracts, and then they've got guys that are just making way too much for way too long, and it's just like. It's such a weird dichotomy, but um, so and and the thing, so Howard's making five over five million for the next two years, and then he's a UFA. His game is nah, not as good as he was. He was probably never worth five million a year, but he hasn't really been that good this year. And and Marazic is is making four million. He's an RFA though, so yeah, you can keep him, but in order to keep him, you'd have to qualify him at that number he's or more that he's making right now, which is a big commitment. So I mean, unless Garth Snow is going to get him for like a seventh round pick or you know player to be named later. I don't. I don't see either of these guys coming over. That's just way too much money, and I don't yeah. think they're going to help either. <laughs> yeah, to me, like it's it's you weigh it against Halak, right? And 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 I, and I think that I would take, and anybody would probably take Yaro Halak over those two guys. Uh, you know, even with how he's gone over the past seven, eight months uh, since the beginning of, or I guess more than that, like thirteen months since the beginning of last year. Hmm. Um, one thing. One thing about Yaro too is that like. Before the season started, nobody knew it, but it was going to be him, I guess. That that and and I think I, some we were talking about this once online, maybe me and Will Hoft, and that like Yara Halak is going to be the most important Islander of this season, uh, just just by the because we thought all right, the defense looks in shape, the the forwards are obviously very talented. It's going to come down to if if Halak can you know win the forty seven or play well in the forty seven fifty two games he needs to be the playoff goalie, and. Uh, it doesn't look. I mean, he's he's been better lately, but it's just you you just are scared, and I and I love the guy, and I always mm. have, and I'm just so scared that that next game, like tonight against the Sabers, if he puts up a stinker, that means that <laughs> that Wade's gonna go back to Grice, who just like you said, right? Grice is Grice has been really bad, yeah, and yeah. and you want and and he's been a backup his whole, you know, his whole career except for you know he's he's obviously got a much more extended role in the past couple with the Islanders, but you wonder if he's just kind of you know. We've seen the tip of the iceberg with him, and now goalies can just do that. They can just be horrible for a couple yeah. of years after being decent. So you wonder if that's what's going on right now. Yeah. Well, and what you just described is, is already happened with Halak. He, they played, they lost a two-one game in Boston a couple of weeks ago. And in fairness, he, play, he played pretty well. I mean, uh, Tuukka Rask played better, and the Islanders lost a two-one game or three-one game. And hey, you know what? That's going to happen. And. You know, you thought to yourself, I know I thought to myself, and I'm pretty sure a couple of articles were written like, hey, you know what? Okay, they lost, but Halak looked good, and maybe this is the time he, you know, this is the point at which he turns the season around and, and gives them at least, you know, average NHL goaltending. And then the next week, uh, I forget who they were playing, but I, I think they, they were playing Dallas next, and they just got their doors blown off. <laughs> so it was right back to what you said. Oh, now Grice is back, and now we got to figure this out. And yeah, so. Uh, Four on five save percentage for Halak right now is eighty four point seven six, and for Grice is eighty four point four two. So both of those just simply aren't going to cut it. Uh, Anders Nilsson, who's had an okay season with with Vancouver, is in that area there. Um, you know, th- this isn't where you want to be. Page two, uh, Jimmy Howard, by the way, eighty eight point seven nine, not great. A couple of percentage points, a little bit higher. Um, and so the other options aren't really great. I, I talked about. Robin Leonard, who's starting tonight for the Sabres, you know, he's not really that great in terms of, like, high danger percentage shot. Like, his numbers, you know, he, his numbers overall might seem better, but he really isn't. 
And he's kind of a lunatic, and I don't think they're going to bring him in. He's got a bit of a reputation for being kind of a crazy person. Um, and so he's, he's yeah. such a random crazy person too in the NHL. Like, right. Of all the people to be crazy, it's Robin Lehner. Like, yeah. like this. Guy, I, I remember the first time they played him, and I was like, "What? This guy? He's like chasing after us with with his yeah. stick." And I was like, "This right. is your third NHL game, buddy." Yeah. What kind of sweet are you? This is, this is a strange, <laughs> very, very unsweetish like yeah. guy. But um. Yeah, you know, so uh, again, and I'm not saying that like none of these guys aren't worth at least acquiring, but if any of them are going to be acquired, it is going to have to be for very, very, very little, and it's going you're going to have to put all of your eggs in the. Geez, I really hope that the change of scenery helps this guy basket because <laughs> that's all you got going for you, and if otherwise, you might as well just stick with and hope Halak can can figure it out. And I agree with you. I think if somebody's going to figure it out, it's going to be him now. I don't know what's going on with Grice, and I, I really I hope that you almost hope that there's something you could attribute to it because you don't. I mean, they've signed the guy; he's got two more seasons on the contract. Right. You hope this isn't sort of a sign of things to come, and you hope that whatever is it is that's bothering him will can get rectified. I mean, I don't know if his dog died or something. I don't know something they can they can find a you know a reason for. They've been working with them, like they've got guys in, and they have talks and discussions and whatever, but. Um, they need to put two of these games together in a row, and you know if Halak can play well, they got Buffalo this week. They got Winnipeg again, uh, and Colorado, right? Yeah, Colorado. Yeah. So you know those are three, you know, not easy games, but certainly games that they can win, and, and mm-hmm. Halak can put together. And they're all spaced out, so there's really no need to even play Grice <laughs> if you can play Halak in all three of those games, and he can turn in some incredible performances. Then you know they can make some t- they can make some headway because they need to stay afloat in this division. Which again, as we talked about the last time, is just a total death march. Yeah, and 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 another thing too is people keep comparing this to um, like the Nabokov year where he uh, kind of just imploded in the playoffs, and <laughs> and I think I think um, Staple put up a stat about the the teams with the lowest uh, playoff percentage, I mean saving percentage to make the playoffs, and and that team was on there. But yeah. but one thing to remember about that year is as bad as Nabby was in the playoffs, he had that run at the end that basically right. lifted them. To the playoffs, right? He so, was I awful mean, in the beginning, and then yeah, he was amazing. He was unbelievable. <laughs> he, he was he was stealing games, you know, by himself, and 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 right. that's what I think Islander fans are are waiting for that one game, and it it I, I think Grice is really the only one who did it. It was way early in the year, like when that game. I think they beat the Blues or something. Right. Yeah, and he, well, he's and he stole the game. He, yeah, he stole that game in St. Louis, and he stole that third period in San Jose, where they <laughs> just got outshot like twenty five to one, and Grice was just awesome. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So that. Yeah. That. But yeah. You're right. Like Nabokov went on that crazy run, and although it ended in that completely insane ser- first round series, where it, had he literally made two more saves, the Islanders would have beaten the Penguins. Um, you know, that was a that was a bit crazy. But so there's time. I mean, they're you know they're still in the playoffs right now, uh, and they have a spot right now, so it's theirs to lose. I don't want to see them lose it, obviously. But you know, there's time for them to make up. Time, you know, make up ground, and they can they can put together a run, and hopefully, you know, it continues. Maybe maybe it would be a good thing to do the run in the second half of the season, and hopefully, it continues into the playoffs. But somebody's got to do it, <laughs> and that means putting two two games together in a row that that are outstanding. And you know, it starts now, I guess. Yeah, it should. And uh, looking at the standings too, it's it's just you know the Penguins are going to creep up, and and we like we said, we said the Metro's a disaster, and <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm look. I was looking at Corsica, you know, in preparing for this podcast. You know, we do a ton of work, and uh, <laughs> I was looking at like the Rangers numbers and just 
I think they're like third. They have the third worst possession metrics in the league again. Like they they do this every year, and it's just. Hmm. I just need to say it every time that like it just scares the hell out of me that they somehow are the only team that can can do that <laughs> each year. Right, right, and somebody will pick them to win a Stanley Cup, and they'll go to the second round. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, you know, I'm surprised. To me, that the the thing about the standings that is unbelievable is that the Flyers lost ten games in a row. And they're right back into the playoff hunt right now. I'm pretty sure the NHL is manipulating the numbers and the standings because <laughs> the Flyers are the type of team that I, I really just don't pay much attention to mm. in their current form. And I, was, and I remember hearing about that 10-game win, losing streak. And then like a week later, I'm like, how are they here? How are they here? Yeah. The NHL just threw them a couple wins. It's like yeah. this is a – we got eight more rivalry nights with the Flyers. We got to <laughs> keep them relevant. And uh, – and the Hurricanes, too. Like, the Hurricanes were dead and buried. They were like, well, you know what? Hey, man, it ain't your year. You can't Again, score a yeah. goal. It's fine. And the, like you said, they're right back in. I, I don't know if there's some kind of – they just kept getting overtime losses, and suddenly they're right back in the playoffs. And, like, you know, they go on – they have a hot week, and they're back in it. And it's like, where where'd they come from? And they've had a similar problem with the Islanders is that they got Scott Darling to kind of take the reins, and right. he just didn't do it, and maybe he is now. And that's scary. Like, if he, if he finds his game before the Islanders – goalies find theirs like they'll they'll pass us right yeah yeah i don't know and meanwhile it was like come on we need to i think it was just sort of like all right we can't believe that all seven of these teams are playoff worthy somebody's got to not be good and i think we had well flyers are lost 10 games in a row must be them and the the hurricanes can't put a goal together must be them well guess what we were wrong and so uh yeah it's it's just the worst and now columbus has lost um, Cam Atkinson and yeah, uh, I think Alexander Dubinsky Wimberg. too. Yeah, Dubinsky's been out. All Dubinsky, right, Dubinsky's out. He's out for a long time. Yeah. Dubinsky, Dubinsky misses two two weeks a season with a facial fracture every year. He just <laughs> it's like he just gets like because I guess the game he plays is you know pretty right. high risk. But every, I, I'm always just like, oh, he broke his face again. <laughs> I would definitely describe Brandon Dubinsky as a face first player. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense, so you're probably right. Um, I hated but, him so much when oh, he was I mean, on the yeah. Rangers. I know. Man, well, now Penguins fans can hate him, too. Yeah. He just, he's always all over Sidney Crosby in the playoffs, especially. But, uh, yeah, so they're losing guys left and right, and, you know, you see how that's going to – but they still have Bobrovsky, so really it doesn't really matter. As long yeah. as they've got him, they're okay. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's – you know, the fact that the Islanders are in this position halfway through the season is a good sign. Um, they just score a ton of goals, um, but they, they got to straighten out some stuff. And, uh, yeah, or else it's going to be kind of weird. And, and, you know, they have these weird breaks coming. This is what kind of worries me too. Um, so they had this three-day break. They're going to play a bunch of games. Then they're going to have their bye week, the first week of, this, of January. They'll be off a week then. And then it's the all-star break, you know, which is sort of the end of the season. I mean, I'm assuming a bunch of guys will go to that game, but – you know, uh, here I am talking about how they need to get on a roll and straighten this stuff out. In particular, the goalies need to, you know, kind of put together consistent performances. Meanwhile, they're going to go like two weeks and then off, two weeks and then off, two weeks and then off for the next month and a half, and that worries me. Like I really wish that their their schedule had been <laughs> out like that. I think they did that last year too, where they they yeah they uh, had the bye week like right after the Christmas break yeah. or right at, or right around the All Star break too. And we're like, wow, we played like two games in yeah thirteen Not- days. Yeah, no, they had it. Yeah, early in January, like they were among again, right. one of the first. And somebody, you know, somebody else is going to be off too. It's not just them. Right. Somebody else will be off too, but it just it still annoys me. Anyway, all right, let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to uh, to some more happier topics. Uh, right after we spoke last time, the announcement was made that the Islanders had won the right to build 
the arena complex at Belmont Park. Uh, this is obviously huge news. It's, you know, uh, basically John Ledecky and Scott Malkin have done the impossible. We never expected there would be an announcement saying that, hey, yeah, why don't you guys come build something here in Nassau County? We never thought that we would ever see that happen. But they found a spot that was not run by Nassau County, which is at Belmont Park. And um, there's a lot of work to be done. But the fact that they got this go-ahead is pretty significant. And and they could make this make this thing work. We they need to make it work. John Ledecky said he wanted to start construction yesterday. Hopefully, they can start in the springtime. Um, like, what are your? Are you more excited now than concerned, or concerned more excited, or waiting <laughs> to see, or what? Uh, I'm I'm st- I'm stoked, I, and it just feels good because I think you you had tweeted out like how Mangano's got a trial coming up like it kind of it, it, <laughs> yeah it, it's it, corruption it was, trial yeah, yeah exactly it just it just feels good that this happened it, while these people are still kind of these i know murray's out of office but some you know these some of these guys are still around to see like oh man like we really screwed up bad <laughs> like you know like we, yeah. we basically we basically just lost <clears throat> We lost to the, the like the worst run hockey franchise in the past twenty years, like yeah. So yeah, and, and and I was I was shocked. The thing that was shocking to me more than anything was just how quick it all happened. Yeah, but because like these things they tend to just drag on, and I was expecting you know oh we, we got to open up the RFP again and and let these other people who just paid us you know tons of money behind the closed doors to get in because and they missed out, but um, it, it came together so quick, and and I also think. In a weird way, the the t- and and the talent and like the actual like good reporting done by Newsday, and by like Randy Marshall and Jim Baumbach and Robert Brodsky, like the, I think that kind of accelerated the process. That because these people were very thorough, they were yeah. very very thorough. And if if something kind of smelled of a little you know shadiness, they called them out on it. Hmm. So it's like they weren't going to be able to get anything by these people, and and it was awesome to watch. Like I, I felt I felt like they were kind of on board with with what was going on and 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 with the kind of temperature and the 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 political climate right now with all these arenas popping up and using publicly funded money and the fact that it's not it's all being private or we think it's basically all being privately funded etc also was awesome because that just meant less people were going to be pissed off about it you know it's (laughs) the the amazon the, the amazon people and the people in elmont are still a little you know ticked off but i think that that's just that could just be a little bit of outrage hobbying, and they just want to be upset. And I don't blame them for hating the politicians we have in 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 tow right now. And that's I think that's more of it is than anything because it really seems like that this is going to be you know what uh, a project of this magnitude should be, and it looks like it it's going to you know really help the area more than people I think realize right now. Yeah, it was very weird to see the headline in the hockey news: senators in flames could learn something from <laughs> yeah. the Islanders. And I thought I was having. I thought I was having. An, I've never taken LSD in my life, but I thought somehow I had was having a flashback into some, or having some kind of dream where this this wasn't real, and I was like, "What?" Um, but yeah, it's it's a privately funded. I mean, the the arena project itself is privately funded, and I think, you know, I mean, you're you're right about Newsday and their reporters getting it and and really being on top of the story because I think you know it, it is a significant thing for Long Island, and this is you know. They Newsday as an entity, whether it was you know these these reporters or the ones preceding them, have been following Islanders Arena stories for twenty five years. You know, in fact, uh, um, Big Shot, by the way, has been on uh, MSG Network uh, along with a bunch of other like New York centric thirty for thirties. I caught it the other day. I don't know if it's going to be on again, but if you haven't seen it yet, 
the story of uh, John Spano, you definitely should check it out. But, you know, this is kind of a long time coming and, and this is a big story. Um, but I think, you know, a, a lot of credit needs to go to Scott Malkin and, and John Ledecky for not, you know, not only getting to this point, but sort of knowing the deal. I mean, to put it in a general term, like they get it and they're New Yorkers mm-hmm. you know, and they grew up in, in Queens and in Brooklyn. And, you know, they had to have known right from the get go that they were never going to get a dime of public money to build this thing. Like it just was never going to happen. And the things that like the Flames and Senators are trying to do by like, you know, railroading local governments to paying as much as for the arena as possible just was never going to fly. I mean, Charles Wong kind of understood that too. It was never – they never got to the point where they ever talked finance, but the whole idea was that it was supposed to be privately funded, uh, the Lighthouse Project. So uh, I think that's pretty cool that they're they're spending a billion dollars on this whole arena. And it's it's the hotel, the retail village, which, you know, Malkin obviously, yeah. that's his thing. They need to make a jingle like they had for the Lighthouse Project. They had that commercial <laughs> with like Christy, Christy Brinkley and – yeah, meet me at the lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, meet me at the lighthouse. <laughs> well, I gotta meet, find that. Meet, meet me at the racetrack. Oh, I tweeted out. So there's a YouTube link. <laughs> oh, is there? Oh, yeah, right. it's still up there. I mean, the lyrics are unbelievable. It's just, <laughs> it's I'll, it's it's really good. But I'll tag that yeah. to the end of this so people can sing along. Uh, now they, fun. yeah, now they just make one. Meet meet me at the racetrack. Like yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Hey, that works. That works for me. Change the lyrics around, and you're good to go. Uh, <laughs> but um. You know, so you know the the concern I think for the community is th- there are going to be public funds at some point used, whether it's you know because they're getting such a cheap deal on the land, or they are going to get some tax breaks, and you know the MTA is probably going to kick in for the railroad station that's going to be built there. But they I, should I think- just not. They should just keep the MTA away from the table. They're yeah, like, you know, we'll t- <laughs> it's, we're just going to take care of this for you. Yeah. Just- I mean, on the, stay far away. On the giant list of hated New York institutions, the MTA is pretty high up there. I mean, I would say that you know, they're, they're literally nobody has anything good to say about the MTA. But uh, they're, they're like know, the only entity that can come in and, and ruin this whole thing. I feel like <laughs> it's possible. But but you know, I think what and what I feel like is going to happen, and I think Ledecky kind of alluded this a little, to a little bit. And if I could have the exact quote, I, I would tell you right now. But it feels like what they're going to do is build the arena first. Like they want to get the arena done first. And then following that with the hotel, the retail village, and then all that. And then the, the train station, obviously. Um, but, you know, as like I wrote again last night, you know, these pro- projects like this always have some sort of municipal or political things going on. And like, there's no, there is no arena in this country that isn't getting a tax break. Isn't, you know, getting a sweet deal on land. The only team that wasn't getting that kind of stuff were the Islanders when they played at <laughs> the Coliseum where, you, you know, they, they charge you for rent. They charge them for back utilities and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like it's, you know, it's like literally a landlord situation. So, you know, on one hand, as an Islanders fan, I'm like, good, it's about time they're getting some of these breaks. You know, as a taxpayer, I, I get it. Like, I can, I get the concern for it. But, you know, again, they're shelling out a billion dollars for the stadium. So you can't say that they're not, they're not at least pulling most, of, if not all, of their weight. So, um, you know, I, I joked on Twitter that I want to buy a ticket and I want to sit in that seat before I understand, before I really fully believe it's going to happen. I'm reserving a tiny bit of excitement just for that. Um, like you said, yeah. the, you know these things do take time, and and it's a it's a huge project, and something is something is going to get stuck. There's going to be an obstacle, I'm sure. But um, what I like again is that Scott Malkin and, and Ledecky, ha- and more Malkin than Ledecky, I think, but they have a history of building large scale projects like those retail villages that they have all across Europe and, and Asia. And so I feel like whatever needs to be done to get this thing started. 
they will do it. It's not that I don't think it's going to get done. I just think that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to see it actually happen. But I feel like they know how to get this thing done and, and they want to start as soon as they possibly can. And they're already probably planning to start as soon as they possibly can. Yeah, it's, it's just it feels like – like you're saying, you want to be in the seat. It just feels like we're so close. Like I feel like I have right. a ticket in my hand already. <laughs> it's awesome. But uh, it's it's, it's it actually it it caught the attention of uh, of Mike Francesa on his last show too. Right. <laughs> Some somebody called in. Uh, on like the 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 chain of calls was somebody called in to suggest to to try to get to the to the history of the Jason Giambi call. I guess. So people would to start from the beginning. People would call in and, and suggest Jason Giambi to, for like lofty je- coaching jobs and stuff. And the guy who originally started it came, called in basically to apologize, and Mike just kind of hung up on him. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then someone else, someone else like pranked him, and he hung up on him. And then somebody called in, and he said, "I want to talk about the Islanders." And I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, I thought I thought Mike was going to hang up, but he was like, "No." And he went into this whole thing about rail spurs and stuff, and mm. and Mike's a huge horse racing guy, so. Right. Maybe we'll see him there, and and uh, yeah. he'll be an Islander fan. And uh, <laughs> well, they want to yeah. move. Apparently, the the idea would be to move all of the downstate racing to Belmont at yeah, some point. So Yonkers, from, I think, will be coming, right? Right, and whatever small racing they still do at Aqueduct will be brought over to Belmont, and then you know that'll leave Yonkers as sort of a gambling area. But they could also build something on the racetrack there, you know, some kind of event center or whatever, and then Aqueduct would be all casino gambling. That's kind of yeah. the idea. So, so yeah, if Mike doesn't want to go up to Saratoga, he can kind of hang out at Belmont, <laughs> take in a hockey game. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll get him. I actually, I actually texted him like right after they uh, announced it and said that I would bring him to a game, but he didn't respond. <laughs> well, but, he's probably got he's got other yeah, he's, you know, well wishers calling. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot. Uh, but and also just another thing too that the timing is is great. That sports gambling is about to get legalized too, and and if you don't think that the racetracks are going to have like the first bid at a at having a sports book in their place i mean it's just gonna i think that that's gonna be you know probably in belmont or in in somewhere in in the area maybe in like the resorts world the resorts was at aqueduct so it's just gonna the the whole thing is kind of coming together at like such a good time that something horrible has to be has to be happening because things (laughs) things don't break this way for the islanders maybe like a title title wave like on opening night yeah just west long island off the map but it's funny that you know, I mentioned mentioned mentions before when you were talking like, um, about the timing. You know, I, I'm whenever the the John Tavares free agency thing, uh, and the Josh Bailey, yeah, Josh, yeah, we haven't even talked about him. Um, <laughs> when when they resolve themselves, hopefully, obviously, in in you know, in uh, in favor of the Islanders, when they resolve themselves, I'll, I'll have a lot of things to talk about with with Tavares. But you know, one thing that got, kind of drives me crazy is when. People would write about you know him making his decision and how you know he's waiting for this Belmont thing to happen, and there's no telling when this decision is going to be made. It could be a year from now. We don't know. He could say, you know, and it's like, and I actually had I rant about this. I ranted about this once to my wife because there was one thing I don't even, I don't even remember what the blog. So even if I did, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't say it. But like they were just like, who knows when the thing could be said? Like it could be months, and I was like. Why would you even write that? Like, are you the governor? Are you like, you know, a mind reader? Are you Doctor Strange? You can see into the future and like other dimensions and see when the like. You don't know. It could be tomorrow. I mean, and and like you said, like it came together relatively relatively quickly. They had that meeting last time we spoke. They had that meeting at Elmont, and here we are two weeks later, and it's done. You know, it was and it's done. It was done a week ago. So, uh, you know, 
people are going to say that it was in the bag for the Islanders the whole time and like the RFP was in a sense kind of geared towards them and that might be true. I don't know. I mean, I think they, they had other, you know, I mean, NYCFC had a chance to put together something that they would have liked. They, they didn't have the hotel there. I think that seems like kind of a big deal. But, you know, I just found it funny that, like, it came together relatively quickly. And I've been reading for six months or, I guess, in September about how well, it could be years before we find out <laughs> when the RFP was selected. It's like, I don't think that's the case. You know, I don't know when it was going to get selected. I obviously couldn't have said it was this time. But, uh on the um, on the ILC podcast, which I'm going to be on tomorrow, so check out that when when it posts. Uh, Mike Arbor made the point, like you know, they uh, it, it happened, like you said, at the right time. Like it's just it's it all happened before January, you know, before the end of the year. Now we know, and so January first, uh, they need to the Islanders and Barclays Center need to either come to an agreement on an extension or you know decide that they need more time and extend things that way and kind of figure out what they're going to do for. The, the year sort of in between they're playing at Barclays next year, but then there's another year there, assuming that the team, the, the arena is built, they need more time to play there. So uh, that's sort of the next, the next deadline. And, and by getting this wrapped up now, they can kind of work on that, whether or not that comes about within the next week or so, we'll see. I don't know. Jim Baumbach was saying today that on Twitter, that it seems like there could be an extension in the works just because it's a lot of work and they kind of want a, a little bit more time to figure it out. And that's fine. Um, but yeah, so the, the timing is right. And, uh, it was just a really Wednesday in particular when, when the announcement was made and they had that big to do at Belmont, <laughs> Andrew yeah. Cuomo, Billy, Billy Joel. Joel. <laughs> so the, it was, I, everybody was just name dropping like Long Island, uh, places of yore. <laughs> Del- right. It was like literally like one guy was just like, yeah, well, like I went to Cheeburger, Cheeburger more than this guy did. And oh, you should have saw this guy at Hicksville high. He was like yeah. a real mensch. Like, right. All right. We get it guys. Like, yeah, you're all from the area. We got it. We- <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just love this. The seating arrangement was right up front. So you have like the, you know, the, the podium with the microphone and you know, people took turns there, but then right next to it, you had the seating arrangement of John Tavares, governor, Andrew Cuomo, <laughs> Billy Joel and then Cal Clutterbuck and it's just like yeah it was what, beautiful what are these people doing here like I still I'm still nobody has has ever really come out and said why Billy Joel was there so I'm sticking with my theory that he wasn't invited and he just sort of showed up <laughs> and they're like oh shit Billy's here give him a seat give him a seat He's Billy Joel give him a damn seat so uh you know it was funny that he was there he didn't really say anything but yeah, he might have uh, just been sorry. like a hologram yeah <laughs> Well, if you're going to have a Billy Joel hologram, why would you have like old Billy Joel hologram? Why would you have like a younger, stranger era Billy Joel hologram? But but then Andrew Ladd showed up, which was also funny. Yeah, they had a (laughs) – All of a sudden, he was just in a picture. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) He just just really wanted to go. What if – oh, maybe – wait a minute. Maybe that's part of my theory. Maybe Billy was sitting in Andrew Ladd's seat. And they decided to bump him, and they're like, "Sorry, Ladder, yeah. Billy Joel's in your seat now." And Lad's like, "Oh, what are you going to do? I'm going to argue with Billy Joel." And he just sort of hung out in the back, I guess. Everybody. I also liked how they they apparently Ledecky like invited a bunch of fans because they played the night before, and he had his people kind of come out and and invite a bunch of people there, which is why there were Islanders fans there, and they were all wearing brand new hats. I don't know if you ever noticed if you noticed that all the hats had like tags on them and stuff, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta but, find my lighthouse ho- my lighthouse uh, project hat too. I had one of oh, those. That'd be oh man, that's a collector's item. Now it's a collector's item. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then everybody actually, it's funny you mentioned that too because like everybody kind of went out of their way to thank Charles Wong for kind of getting this together. Yeah, and and 
you gotta you gotta feel for him a little bit. Right. Yeah. Just uh, the poor guy. Yeah, Ledecky said that he was the one who put them in in contact with the Belmont people and kind of got the ball rolling, although Charles himself never really kind of took to Belmont as a, as a potential option. Uh, he was the one who was like, yeah, you should talk to these guys, and that kind of got the ball rolling. So, yeah, but I don't know if I'm buying it. Uh, you know, again, I have no ill will towards Charles. He was stuck in a, in a pretty tough situation, and, you know, I, I don't know if he, I could have done a better job than he did. He made a lot of mistakes, but, you know, what are you going to do? Again, it was a tough situation yeah. for him, but... We, I, I always like to refer to him as a benevolent dictator. He means he just he meant so well, but he's still like I maybe made some yeah, like you said, just made some mistakes and yeah. Uh, the yeah. Islanders wouldn't be here without Charles Wong is is one of my feelings. I think. Yeah, I feel that's true. Um, you know, at least in some sense. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of weird to to like make, they wanted to make sure uh, that nobody forgot him and this whole thing, and he wasn't even there. So I mean, I don't know. Uh, um, uh, where he was that day. <laughs> uh, one, of, one of my favorite parts of Charles Wong's era was when Colin Powell just was showing up in Islander games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it was a very strange time. Um, <laughs> if, if people 30 years from now, once like the Belmont Arena is built and people are kind of there and this is like the new traditions, I don't know if people are ever going to believe the Charles Wong era and all of the things that that happened and you know I, I guess that's that's ultimately like what what we're all kind of hoping for and subconsciously or consciously that you know once that this arena gets built and and new traditions are built and this entire you know two or three decades stretch of this team are like totally forgotten it's like with the red wings now you know i mean even though they're kind of on they're definitely on downturn now and they're not very good you know we remember the Red Wings as the the Russian Five and Iserman and all those guys, and even the later era with Hashik and like we remember them as this sort of team that was the gold standard for a long time for the NHL. What we don't remember are this sort of seventy, the post Gordy Howe seventies Red Wings to the you know sort of nineteen year old Steve Iserman mm-hmm. scoring sixty goals and being a defensive liability Red Wings. Like we don't remember that. That era, and they've just sort of forgotten about it because they've, you know, they won a bunch of Stanley Cups. They're, now they're in a brand new building. And nobody needs to remember that that time anymore. And so, uh, or, or even like you know the the Penguins pre Mario Lemieux, like nobody remembers yeah, that iteration tra- of Penguins. So, like I, I I think about those Penguins a lot, which it, and I think about just I remember watching one game at my grandparents' house. I was watching an Islander Penguins game during that era mm-hmm. when. Yeah, it was like JSR band and hmm. was was their goalie, and it's just like this team is gonna not be in Pittsburgh anymore. And <laughs> yeah, it, like, oh, yeah. They were, like that's like the whole theme of that broadcast was just talking about was like Howie Rose talking about how the Penguins are a mess and yeah. they need to they need to let the guy who's playing like third line center buy the team to save them. And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they were they were very. I mean, they've they've declared bankruptcy twice. Like, yeah. Again, prior to Lemieux, that I mean. L- we talk about we could talk about Charles Wong saving or not saving the Islanders, but you can't argue that Mario Lemieux saved the Penguins not once but twice mm-hmm. because had they not drafted him and he he almost didn't even want to play for them he almost didn't even go go to play for them so uh, you know nobody but again nobody talks about that other than to talk about the seventy five Islanders who came back from three games to none down to beat the Penguins <laughs> uh, or the the eighty two team that you know uh, lost that game so the Islanders can win uh, that I guess a fifteenth straight. 
victory. Nobody talks about that that era. Of, even in Pittsburgh, they don't talk about that era of the Penguins. So uh, you know, hopefully that that happens to the Islanders, where this this establishes them uh, as a stable franchise in this area, and then we don't have to talk about you know. No offense to any of the guys, and it's funny because like. Obviously, nobody's going to forget about them because you and I talk about those guys all the time—the the Marius Tchaikovskys and you know whatever. Uh... One of them. We we got Mark Parrish on, Mark Parrish Mark... on the broadcast. Now. Yeah. He's good. He's I like good. he is he is good and and I like that that they kind of had him versus Aaron Asham for a little while and mm. and it's just like all right, Aaron, he beat you. I yeah. guess I don't know because Asham I haven't seen Asham in a while. Yeah, I don't know. I I again, this is totally me making this up in my head, but I feel like. <laughs> When he invited all the Islanders to like alumni night, I bet Ledecky also said, "Hey, and, you know, if anybody's thinking about sort of getting into broadcasting, you know, let us know, man. You come in, you do a couple of games. It's no big deal. People love to have you guys around, and we'll see." And I, I, I feel like, you know, Ash would be like, "Yeah, sure, I'll give it a try." Nice guy. He was a good player. Well, he was a good fighter, at least. Uh, I think he needs a little bit of work in terms of the broadcasting uh, uh, arena. Parrish though is pretty good. Uh, I, I like think- I like that Parish calls it says we. He's, yeah. like, he's like, we need to do this, we need to do that. I'm like, you're an Islander, Mark. You're yeah, an Islander. Right. Can't deny, it. even though he lives in Minnesota and all yeah. that. Yeah, um, he was a captain. That that was a, that was a weird time yeah. too when they when they signed him to that huge deal. Right. Yeah. I, I guess they needed like Minnesota boys to go back. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, the champion is still Rick. Like Di Pietro is still the champ. Uh, he he fit that role so well. That it was almost like, why wasn't he here the whole time, even while he was playing? Why wasn't he doing this too? Um, but I guess he's off doing his his ESPN thing now, and we're not going to see him around anymore. But it's a shame because he was pretty good. Yeah, I've <laughs> never been a Rick guy. I've never been. A, I never ne- never was on board with Rick. And mm-hmm. so, what do you mean in terms of uh, in terms of the broadcast or in just in general? Just, just like pissed that it. He, in general, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like just I, I feel like he 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 uh, you know he he, and it's not just his fault. The, the, the whole contract for some reason I I uh, I hold him in in disregard, <laughs> and it's just it's, I can't change it. I I, I kind of like get pissed when I see him on TV. Yeah, my whole thing is I appreciate that he wanted to be loyal to the team and stay an Islander for his entire career, and that's great. Until he um, was a Charlotte checker. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if somebody, f- f- you know, wanted to pay me $4 million a year for 15 years, uh, yeah, I'd probably sign that contract too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was definitely a dumb thing. Talk about Charles Wong's uh, legacy. That was definitely a, uh, a dumb thing to, <laughs> to, to have done. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, makes it tough to, to get behind Charles and, and his whole era. And uh, like I said, maybe, you know, with the stability of Belmont, we don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, okay, so let's um, let's look ahead. Uh, anything else you want to say about Belmont? Yeah, we. T- I mean, we barely talked about the. I, I uh, actually want to know what. Did they say what they're going to call it yet? Like, are they no. just because it says Belmont? I think is it just going to is like is it going to be like that? Like, where is like the um, how, how like like the racetrack? Like when you say like I'm going to Belmont, like it, mm. is it going to be like that? It's going to be like oh, it's Belmont Arena or something, or the arena at Belmont. I, gonna, I, I'd like to know. They haven't said it yet. I'm going to go ahead and guess it's going to be a kind of thing where, like, it's going to be something, something arena at Belmont Park. So okay. it'll be like, you know, Google Arena at Belmont Park or something like Amazon. that. Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. <laughs> so, hey, Amazon came here anyway. Um, yeah. I don't think it'll be just Belmont Arena because, you know, what's the point of naming it a, 
what's the point of having an arena if you can't sell the naming rights to somebody? And so that's how you end right. up with like, you know, Gila River Arena or Talking Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty or... excited to see to see what it is. And and right. I, that's like the thing I would I would crack up with if if like if the New York Racing Authority got or association got uh, involved in their naming rights. <laughs> and it was like the Naira Arena or something. Right. I mean, I don't think it'll be named at like Governor Andrew Cuomo Arena, like I don't think it'll be that either. Um, but yeah, no, that would be that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, like you said, they have this huge sign out front that says Belmont Park, and they want to make it the gateway to Long Island. So like, if you come, you're coming across the Cross Island Parkway. The first thing you're crawling, this, crawling yeah, on the Cross yeah, Island, stuck in traffic. You can look at this huge sign that says <laughs> Belmont Park, and obviously the arena. Welcome to Long Island. Yeah, um, I, I talked about having a. An Islanders Hall of Fame, I mean, it's pretty simple, the kind of stuff. They, they should have everything there. They should find that 1993 Patrick Division Champions banner. It's in somebody's attic. Just get <laughs> it. Hang it up. It doesn't have to be in the inside the actual arena. Just You could put it anywhere. Just put it inside this arena. Get whatever pictures Bruce Bennett has. Take them out of his archive. Put them on the walls. Every, yeah. every memorable puck, every cup ring, everything you can find, just stick it in there. And it just make it a lot of fun. And they could have, like, speaking engagements and things like that and just – it would be heaven. It would be just awesome. Yeah, make just, it like, Islanders heaven. In. You know, make yeah. it like an amusement park for for Islander nerds. Like, right. Just the kind of thing where like you want to spend. You know, Islanders fans can come in and spend. Yeah, you know, almost like Monument Park at Yankee Stadium, where you can walk around and tell your kids about you know Reggie Jackson or whatever <laughs> Catfish Hunter, and you could be like you walk around going, yeah, that's Bob Bourne. Yeah, like, that's know. Justin Mapletop's broken stick. <laughs> This is the stick that Rob Davison scored from the red line. On <laughs> I was at Tuscola. that game. Yeah, right. Like, that, was that, was, awesome. that was a that was a great game. He, I remember when they traded for Rob Davison. He showed up in like the middle of the third period of his first game. I was like, I love this guy. <laughs> Just a random collection. That, I need to have a wall of random Islanders guys that played that, yeah. five games or less. You know, I don't know how many games Rob Davison played, but it feels like it wasn't. Yeah, they 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 traded. They weren't they weren't buyers at that trade deadline. They were pretty bad, and they hmm. tra- they traded like a seventh round pick for him. <laughs> it was the most random trade ever. <laughs> Love that guy. I thought we established uh, at a show uh, on a podcast a couple of years ago that uh, Alan Rourke was the the most. Oh random. yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. They they probably would have been a great defense pairing. Yeah, right. Yeah, Rourke. And- Rourke and Davison, the Rourke oh, yeah. and Davison show. They should just have, I mean, the the just putting up the pictures, the team pictures, would just be awesome in and of themselves so that you progress from, like, the expansion Islanders to, like, the dynasty, you know, the great Islanders, yep. and then the dynasty teams, and then, rock. like... It would be cool if they, like, and they were um, self-aware about it, too. They were like, this is the rock bottom era. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second rock bottom era. Yeah, yeah. This is the rock bottom era that you didn't think was going to come. This is the the complete dark ages right yeah. here. The, yeah, nineteen ninety nine to two thousand one. <laughs> Did the uh, Islanders still exist? Era? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, you know, and then it's like the, the the notable faces get less and less. It's like, all right, well, La Fontaine, uh, okay, Turgeon, yeah, Ferraro, <laughs> yeah, I recognize all those guys. And then it's like, the who the hell are these guys? Yeah, Matthias Tamander. Yeah, and also yeah. I want to see those orange jerseys get a little bit of love somewhere in there too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like a whole a whole display case with every jersey they've ever worn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's there are copies everywhere. I mean, I'm sure players would love to to have them out. And I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. I mean, we're talking about 45, 46 years of history yeah. here. That yeah, just, it's beautiful. Yeah. That's what, and it's the first time that the possibilities are endless with the Islanders. Right. Yeah, right. Have a whole it's, have a whole display case of just Bill Tory bow ties or, or yeah. Al Arbor glasses. Ask Claire Arbor for every pair of glasses Al had, and just put them all up in a. Thing. I just want to see them there. That would be uh, a good giveaway for a game. 
as a right. as an Arbor glasses, like you know, just get like kind of like flimsy, cheap glasses to make. <laughs> Don't even put lenses in them. Yeah, just a big, big plastic glass. Just like that, that and, and the Barzal roses. I, I'm <laughs> pissed I missed his hat trick because I I would have threw a bouquet. You know, right I on there. I dedicated in a way the recat for that game to you because I didn't go with the, <laughs> with a Christmas recap, but it's it's a cat smelling a rose huh. because of the, the the Barzal thing. It was awesome, dude. I'm so glad I was there. He's great. And I just, I, I just he's I wanted, yeah, he's awesome, man. I wanted to run out of the ice and just give him a big hug. Like, you know awesome. what I think? You know what I? You know what I can't wait for? I'm pretty sure he's gonna do it. I just he feels like the guy. I feel like he's gonna have some really cool like sleeve tattoos at some point in his career. <laughs> Uh, let's not get to that. I don't know. Joe, Joe Thornton. Said, oh no, Brent Burns. I guess is that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He just he's, he's just uh, I don't know. He just feels like the kind of guy who's always going to look like he's twenty years old. Like he, he's going to mm-hmm. be like thirty eight, nearing retirement. He's just gonna, still going to look like he's twenty. He just feels like he's got that. I, the only dream. the only regret I have about him is that I wish he had an even like thicker French Canadian accent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, that's what I need from him. I need like a really thick you know French accent on him. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that case, you, you just better hope that Anthony Beauvillier gets you know more opportunities and gets better, and then you could have you could have the same kind of thing. So he he scored a nice goal. I don't know how he ended up on a line with John Tavares, but he took that pass and he just deposited it in the puck in the in the net like it was you know his life depended on it. And I was like, hey man, good for you. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, again, I don't know I don't know what happened when somebody got hurt or whatever. I think even Tavares was like, hey, good job, and he's like, I don't know how he ended up there, but whatever. Uh, okay, so. Um, Looking ahead, like I said, they got Buffalo tonight. Um, you know, Seidenberg's in the lineup. Hopefully they can pull this out. Uh, then they go on a little mini road trip to Winnipeg, and then they spent – so they got to play the Jets in MTS Arena, which is not going to be easy. And then they spend New Year's Eve in Denver uh, playing against the Avalanche. Um, you know, Hopefully they can pull that out. They, they had a bad experience in Denver was last year or the year before. Uh, then they're home uh, for a bunch of – Local games, they got Boston on Tuesday the 2nd at home at Barclays. Then they're in Philly on Thursday the 4th. And then in Pittsburgh on the 5th. So that's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) Back-to-back in Pennsylvania. And then they're home uh, for the 7th against the Devils. And then they've got their little week off. So this is a bit of a tough stretch, but you got three Metro opponents in a row. Little mini road trip. The Bruins, man, they they just own the Islanders now. It's really sad. Uh, I, I don't even know what the best case scenario would be in this situation. <laughs> that's like that's seven games, and I mean, I guess you hope to take at least half of them. Yeah, I, and I, and you got to just say like beat the beat the division. Like the the way the NHL schedule sets up, we're gonna see the Metro division like throughout the rest of the year. So that's uh, they just backload the schedule. So yeah, yeah, they got. I, you know what? I would just like to beat the Devils too. <laughs> just, mm. just just please, and, yeah. and uh, yeah. just just like. I don't want to have to worry about them, and, that, and you know, like we were saying, how mm. t- tough the division is, and it's just the fact that we have to worry about the Devils being the way they are is, is frustrating. Yeah. Um, so, so I would like to take five, five of six from that from that Metro yeah. uh, swing, for sure. Yeah, I I think the Devils and Flyers, you definitely need to. Yeah, you got to get two each of those. Uh, yeah, I mean the Penguins, you just hope for the best. Uh, hopefully, they're still kind of having issues there, and. Boston man. I would just, just like to needle the Penguins. You know, if it, it's just like make, <laughs> make them hate you. That's all I want. I, don't, yeah. I love I love when the Penguins and Islanders hate each other. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it feels good. I don't think a lot of people really see them as a much of a rivalry, but it does feel like that should be a good one. Uh, speaking of rivals, they come back. The first game out of that that bye is an afternoon game at the Garden, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, this whole month is really weird. They got back to backs in 
They're in, they're in Montreal on the fifth, and then at home against Jersey on the sixteenth. Yeah, and then they're in Florida on the thirtieth. No, they're, sorry, they're at home against Florida on the thirtieth, and then they're in Toronto the thirty first. So that's good. I was gonna say I thought I feel like we we've, we've played the Panthers and Lightning like a hundred times already this year. <laughs> the Lightning definitely they've played way too many times this year. <laughs> oh, oh, and the twenty fifth. Mark your calendar. Uh, Islanders at Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I, I'll actually be in Vegas the week before that for my oh. friend's bachelor party. Yeah, oh. it was it, it was tough. But it's Martin Luther King weekend. We're like we got there. I was <laughs> I'm like one of two Islander fans going on yeah. the trip. So, but they'll be playing the the Oilers while I'm there, and uh, oh, yeah. plan plan on going and, and saying hello to Ryan Strom. Oh, that's cool. I was gonna say if you're on your way back on the 20th, they're in Chicago, the Islanders. Oh. So I mean, stop off, and they're in Arizona on the 22nd. Although it sounds like you'll probably be back by then. Yeah. Um, the Vegas thing worries me because they got two days off. So they're in Arizona on Monday. They got Tuesday, Wednesday off. They're in Vegas on Thursday. Then they have four days off. Oh, that must be the All-Star game. Uh, yeah, the 26th, 27th. So, I mean, for the guys going to the All-Star game, you get on plane, you fly to Tampa, you got to do your thing. For the other guys, you got – Vegas, baby. A six, <laughs> six days <laughs> to, with nothing to do and like one game in Vegas right there. Holy moly. I hope, I hope the whole team comes back in one piece. Yeah, we'll get incarcerated, Bob. Got, up. Yeah, yeah. If you want to get some, anybody wants to go out there and get some incriminating pictures of the Islanders, that would be that would be the time. Hopefully, nothing <laughs> happens, but uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, yeah, okay, cool. Um, anything else? Uh, did we cover? I think we covered a lot. Uh, yeah. Anything that we forgot? Uh, anything? Any big plans for New Year's for you or anything? No, I wanna, I'm going to watch the Islanders play the Avalanche. Yeah, me too. So exciting! And then we're going to watch. It's, it's just us. My daughter, my, my my wife, my daughter, my mother-in-law this year for New Year's. So uh, last time it was just the four of us. We watched Ant-Man because I needed something to watch with a, a six-year-old and a 70-year-old. This year, <laughs> same thing, but uh, we're going to watch Paddington because, uh, you know, kind of not, not, not Ant-Man style. But uh, I remember reading the books as a kid. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. But I, it's, yeah, I just realized that that game is at 8 o'clock. So I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to be a little bit more distracted uh, than watching Paddington Bear. We'll uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Um, so tell everybody your Twitter handle again. It's the uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski. Uh, you can follow Mike uh, on Twitter uh, for all of his. Uh, we're gonna. Fi- I'm gonna find that that uh, light. What meet me at the lighthouse video? I totally missed it in the excitement. So I'm gonna find that. I'll post that in the uh, the post for this. Uh, you can follow me at Culture of Losing. Again, I'm going to be on the uh, ILC podcast tomorrow with Mike O'Brien, so that'll probably post on Friday. That'll be a lot. It's always a lot of fun talking to those guys. Let's tune into that. Uh, thank you for reading Lighthouse Hockey. Thank you for all of your uh, uh, dedication and, and listening to us this year. We really appreciate it. I haven't said it in a while because I hate when people say it, but if you find time, if you're off, and you can leave us a review at iTunes, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, it's kind of cool to see. We haven't had we haven't had a whole lot of reviews. <laughs> the last one we had was from like November or October. Uh, so if you if you can throw them up there soon, maybe we'll read it the next time we talk. Uh, I've got to find some time to talk. We've got this weird schedule. I'm gonna find another time to. <laughs> oh, I guess they have that whole week off, so we can find some time in there. But uh, yeah, if you have time and you want to leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. We really appreciate you listening and uh, giving Mike and I a forum to just chat and talk and have fun and talk about Alan Rourke and. <laughs> Rob Davison and weird, strange stuff yeah. we want to see. In an there are like six people. There are like six people on the planet that you could talk to Alan, Alan, yeah. about Alan Rourke with, and they, they would get it. It's like, yeah, 
Yeah. No, I know what you're saying, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know how many more po- uh, hockey podcasts Rob Davison has come up on this year, but this has got to be one of the few. Yeah, our, our therapists hate hearing about, about <laughs> Alan Rourke. Again, yeah. with the Alan Rourke. Yeah, I, I absolutely guarantee I've told my, my wife the Rob Davison goal story and showed her the video, the YouTube video. And she's probably not cared at all. I was like, this guy's nice <laughs> Toscolo. You don't remember? This, is, anyway. this was the Leafs, the Leafs goalie of the future. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a whole thing. We just did. ruined his life. Right. Meanwhile, they had traded to Rask. It's a whole thing. Anyway. You know uh, what would be great? You know what would be great is if they got Rob Davis and Vesta Toscolo together on a, right. on a podcast. So like um, – because like Bill Buckner and Mookie Wilson do like appearances now where they talk. And stuff. Wow. And like Ralph Branca and Robbie Thompson did that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that would be pretty cool. It's a bit of a bit of a lower scale, I would say, than <laughs> Buckner and Mookie Wilson, but still, that would be kind of funny. We'll, we'll reach out. Ledecky yeah. seems to be able to get good at getting these that types of people an, together. I would absolutely take a day off, take the railroad out <laughs> to Belmont if it was like a night with Vesta Tosco and Rob Davis, and have like other guys in the team on there. And see, now this is why this is this is why I'm so excited for this. They need an Islanders Hall of Fame. If they don't have one, this whole project is totally worthless. <laughs> <laughs> All billion, forget the billion dollars. Forget it. Don't worry about it. Throw it out. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and uh, uh, have a happy, have a happy new year. And we will talk to you on the other side. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Right at the heart of us is our new shining star. It's a home to Alan Drew. It's everything we are. Where we all can come together for the shops, the fun, the food. A mile square, town square with Long Island attitude. Yeah.